The world of story has captivated humanity since the dawn of time. The oldest known form of communication, verbal storytelling is responsible for the continuity and development of civilization from its most primitive moments to its most advanced. Story involves a sense of mystical wonder, but is also a powerful medium for communicating real and concrete ideas that shape people's lives and make them take action. Steve Schramm, marketer, nonfiction writer, and story nerd, and Alex Jagir, fiction writer, wannabe game designer, and story nerd, join forces as worlds collide to discuss how story is the most powerful concept ever known and how it interacts with each and every aspect of our lives, from the most magical to the most mundane. Well, welcome in to another episode of Story World. Steve Schramm here with my boy Al. What's up, man? Oh, same old, same old. I am excited about tonight's podcast, and my yes. ears broke on me. <laughs> oh, that's not good. Okay. You ain't even you ain't even fat. It's it, is it okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just I'll just balance here. Oh, okay. You do that. You balance. That's kind of weird. Um, well, so this uh, this is the second episode in our series on. I guess you would just say, you know, types of stories or things that drive stories. So we're talking about really. Plot-driven stories, character-driven stories, and then our next episode is going to be sort of, um, you know, when do you use one, when do you use the other, sort of comparing and contrasting them. So we want to dive right into character-driven stories. Alex, you want to sort of define some terms for us? Yeah, I'll kick us off. And so just because I have it written down, I'm going to read from my little notes here. So what is a character-driven story? Um, at least in my opinion, a character-driven story is when the story is moved forward by character action and development um so that's not to say that there is no external force that might move the characters slightly but the main focus is the characters moving the story forward making the decisions for the most part on their own and really focusing on that human element and developing their growth yeah yeah it sounded like you said human elephant just there so that was kind of i think i might have yeah, so it was the human. Not to, I'm just. I wanted to be sure to draw attention to that. So there are no human elephants, but there are human yeah, elements. But there are human elements. Yes, there are. Yes, there are that you may want to consider, right? And um, and so, like we clarified in our last episode, but in case you didn't hear that, or it's been whatever, you, it's been a while. Um, you can still, even in a plot-driven story, you can still have lots of character development and and lots of you know characters overcoming their internal struggle uh, struggles and things of that nature. But you know, we mentioned how biographies and autobiographies are like really great examples of like of actually character driven stories where it's sort of retrospective it's looking back and, and it's about how the character navigated different you know scenarios and made different decisions versus those scenarios being in a in a very plot driven story driven way being forced upon them right so that's really going to be i think the the big uh, the big core difference. So what would be like, uh, aside from biographies and things like that, what would be some examples um, of character-driven stories like in fiction? Yeah. And so um, before I list these examples, um, kind of what you were saying is, um, for instance, uh, a story can actually start out with a huge external force that might really shake up someone's world. Um, but after that initial change, it is all about the character making decisions and and growing i i would consider that still a character driven story because even though it was this big shake up in life that caused the the actual you know initial change 
it's still the character that is then in charge of what happens afterwards. In contrast to, say, something like Lord of the Rings, where even though characters do make decisions, the whole time Sauron is getting stronger, the evil forces are getting bigger, and there's always that constant evil presence that is affecting them in some way. Does that make sense? It does. And I just thought of what may be a glaring example of character-driven stories. Tell me. They're a little bit harder to pick out than plot-driven. Yeah. They they are, and, and and I could be wrong here, but wouldn't like like the Marvel, like the MCU, wouldn't that be fundamentally character driven? It's it's it's. I mean, the situations, sure, they have situations that yeah. come up, but the books are never about you know, like let's just take Spider Man, the books, the movies, whatever. Like the, the they're never like Spider Man is fundamentally about Spider Man. Like what happens is almost secondary. It, it almost doesn't matter. Like it, like the Green Goblin could have been somebody else. It, it's not about what the Green Goblin does to Spider Man. It's about who Spider Man becomes and how he interacts with the world. Uh, would that be an example of of character driven stuff? Yeah. My God, the the movies are named after the people, right? It's like Iron Man, yeah, or right, Man and Wasp, or whatever. I, I would say yes, and and it's weird because it's. I, I actually, so I actually don't think any of this is clear cut in stone. You were going to have plot driven oh, yeah. stories that are very much focused on characters as well. And then you're going to have character driven stories that have a huge plot encircling it with all this, you know, detail and build up. And so there's yeah. never going to be a, you know, cut and dry story that is only character development and then another one that is only plot um driven yeah because neither one yeah. of them would be interesting quite frankly um but yeah i would definitely label the marvel movies as essentially character driven you do have the baddie but how often does he actually show up in a movie unless it is about him um right you know, usually it's you know it's going over the uh um you know it's going over the team and they're you know and their little you know spaceship or wherever and they're talking about what to do and they're putting jabs at each other, getting in arguments. And yeah, they are developing um, outside of whatever's happening, you know, to them or about them. Yeah. So that makes sense. I think another thing that, um, and maybe this is just wrong. <laughs> this is probably just wrong of me to do. But sometimes I, when I see stories that are weaker, um, where the story elements themselves are weak, but like the character development is strong. I almost wonder if those sort of tip the scales more towards character driven. So uh, as an example, I'm not sure. Did you see the tomorrow war with Chris Pratt? Um, I know what you're talking about, but I haven't. Yeah. You should watch it. Um, In my humble opinion and the opinion of others who watched it uh, that I've spoken to, um, the story just wasn't really that good. Right. Seemed like there were a lot of holes Yes, there was this external pressure, like technically, but like you could tell that just in the writing of this thing, there was a lot more attention paid mm -hmm. to the characters themselves, specifically the main character played by Chris Pratt. There was far more attention on him than the actual scenario itself. Of course, it was looming in the background, but but it was more towards him. And so, I don't know. I mean, it's like like you said, it's a spectrum. It's kind of difficult to say, but I kind of like to think that if you could tell the writers have been a little lazy on the plot, um, but a little less lazy on the character, then to me, that's that's kind of got a bias towards being, you know, kind of character driven. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree with you there. And it's funny, I'm kind of thinking back to like the last week's episode that we did on plot driven 
And I said, Lord of the Rings is plot driven. And I think largely so, especially in the grand scheme of things, like looking back at like Cimmerillion and everything. Yeah. But at the same time, oh my goodness, that is so very much character driven as well. So again, yeah. that's where it's hard to say that something is plot driven when you have very much character growth and friendship and bonds forming. And so yeah. uh, and on a given day, yeah. it's going to be kind of healthy exactly. talking about the, the differences. But. Absolutely. But the examples that I have that are very much character driven, have you ever seen the movie Seven Pounds with Will Smith? I have I have not. I've heard of it, but I've, I've not. I, I don't want to do any spoilers here because a lot of people probably haven't. It's not as common as other movies, although I think it's one of my favorites with him. It, one of my favorites, period, actually. And um, just something really tragic happens um pretty much at the beginning of the movie i think you find out and it just flips his world all upside down but after that initial thing from that one moment and he was even kind of involved in this bad thing happening but after that to the very end of the movie it is 100 percent character driven there's no other like force that's like to chase what happens to him it is all him making decisions and in the driver's seat calling the shots. And so that's a very excellent example of character driven. Another one is uh, kind of getting into my uh, realm of the um, fantasy fiction um, reading is uh, um, one of my favorite series, the Thomas Covenant series, and then also Brandon Sanderson's The Stormlight Archive series. It, it was funny. I was almost thinking just because a lot of, not a lot. I generally think of fantasy, especially epic, being plot driven because typically it's the end of the world and, you know, evil forces are coming, whether it all happens at once or spread over time. And so all these characters are forced into something that they either unwilling or somewhat willingly want to do in the beginning. But the more that I think about Sanderson's book, um, for those who have or haven't read it, is um, trying to think back of all the stuff that happens, but a lot of it is very much character driven. And the plot unfolds as the characters discover stuff on their own. So rather than the plot being revealed, okay. kind of like, hey, like I am the the dark bad guy, it is more or less that they end up stumbling upon something or, um, you know, they end up, you know, forcing themselves to to discover, you know, a, a piece of the puzzle. Um, and so, again, that's kind of, again, a mixed blend. Uh, but yeah, um, so just a couple of examples there where, um, you know, characters really drive the story and you want to see that character growth. Interesting. So um, to kind of, again, transition a little bit into the, into the marketing and, and business realm of things, thinking about story and, and character driven, I was actually at first, I was like, well, what, you know, I don't really know what to say here. And then um, I, uh, as I was taking a break in the potty, I had a, what we'll just call a P epiphany. And <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was a that was pretty good, right? That was pretty excellent. awesome, right? And I was, I was, um, it hit me. I was like, oh, yes, this is actually huge. In the marketing world, there's a tremendous difference between the plot driven story and the character driven story. And, um, I, I think I would say it like this so while plot driven stories are like we talked about last week, what you really invite your customers or your clients into like you're you're letting them know that they have a problem you're 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 heightening their awareness to a problem or you are introducing your solution to their problem you, that's inviting them into the story using open story loops etc um by contrast character driven stories are what give them the belief that you can solve their problems or that they can solve 
their own problems with your with your help. And what that looks like practically is in the marketing world, you've got you've got this element, you've got one element of your marketing that heavily focuses on the customer or the client. They are the hero of the story, right? You're inviting them in. But then you have this other side of it where like like in the in in the customer facing side sort of you're like you're the guide like you're helping them along but in your own story you're the hero right so this is classic hero's journey talk but in your own story you're the hero and you have stories of triumph and failure and 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 redemption and defeat and all of these things mm-hmm. and oftentimes what you're trying to do is create a movement around whatever thing that you are in. So for example, like I kind of fell in to use my own context again, I sort of fell in to being the subscription web design guy. Okay. I didn't choose the thug life. The thug life chose me kind of thing. Okay. (laughs) For real. Like I, yes, I, I did this when I created my business model in 2015, I can promise you the furthest thing in my mind was teaching other people that business model in 2022 but at the coaxing of my own mentor here we are right and that's part of my story so so you could say in a sense that i'm attempting to build a movement around subscription web design and and people whatever people build movements i mean legit people build movements around exercise programs or they build movements around you know really loving reptiles and lizards and if you think i'm kidding my wife watches youtube videos uh, channels that are like all about reptiles and lizards and why i don't know but she loves them right so they've <laughs> built they've built this movement and um so full disclosure, most of my thoughts here, I'm, I'm just going to articulate them in, in language that has already, you know, been introduced by Russell Brunson. Um, but they are principles that have been recognized in the world of marketing for a while. So if you're creating a movement, there's really three big pieces to that. And by the way, you can see this in religion. You can see this in, you know, it, whatever, um, politics. You, you can actually see this, this sort of framework being used everywhere. But you've sort of got three big pieces of a movement. You've got an attractive character, you've got a future-based cause, and you've got a new opportunity. Okay. So let's just take uh, let's just take two like Jesus. Okay. So Jesus is an attractive character, right? He's got he's he has a not only a personality, but the way he talks and everything he 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 created followers, right? He he was somebody you could get behind. He had a future-based cause, right? So his his idea was a better future for uh, humanity because he wanted humanity to live according to God's ways and not according to their own ways. That's a future-based cause. And then the new opportunity, right? The new opportunity was, you know, believe on me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, Call upon the Father and you'll be saved, right? Um, and, And so that's the idea. You've got this movement. And in marketing, it's the same thing. In politics, it's, it's the same thing. If you've got somebody worth following and they have a cause for the future that you know provides insight into a better future, and then they've got a new opportunity, which means not just rehashing and repackaging the old thing, but putting people into a, a new opportunity, making them feel like it's something they haven't tried before and it could really work for them, then you can get them into your movement. Well, that is fundamentally character-based, okay? Because that's going to be all around, again, just to be practical, me, right? So I write blogs. I do things on TikTok. I don't dance, but I do things on TikTok. I do podcasts like this one. Um, and I, I do things on YouTube. These are all, these are all 
very character driven things. Why? Because yeah, I'm talking about customers, but a lot of it is, is about me. It's about my experiences. You know, when I blog and stuff, I'm talking about my own experiences in my business and then how we can apply them to yours. Um, so I think that when it comes to the customer, it's fundamentally plot driven. You're planning it out. But when it comes to you as the marketer, as the business person, that is a big time character driven sort of story because you are focusing all on on you as the character, the attractive character in your story. Um, I have more to say, but any thoughts or questions or insights about that? Yeah. So one of the things that I was thinking, um, well, I guess this should probably be for next episode. So I'm going to say probably. Never mind. But what I was thinking about as far as for uh, character driven from the perspective of a marketer is more or less looking at the person in not necessarily saying, hey, like here is something that you can get into and be successful at. But hey, here is who you can be and how you can like take control over like your life and what you want to do. And you were kind of saying it from the care perspective of as as the marketer you know, saying, Hey, here is my character story. Here is what I do. Here is who I am. And I think yeah. that can essentially rub off on listeners, if that makes sense, or oh. people you were talking to. Well, 100%. I mean, let's use two examples, right? So like it, it, talking about Jesus again, like the idea in the Bible is become like, you know, like, like Roman, this is Romans eight. It's, it's like, you are going to become conformed to the image of the son of God. Right. So you've got this attractive character, Jesus. Let's, let's just call Jesus the marketer, right. In this scenario. Yeah. I hate to do that, but you see the, yeah, the, right, right. the point I'm making. Right. And, and so you're going to become more like them. Like when I teach subscription web design, the point is that these people become more like me, the character in the sense of, I now have a stable business. I sell clients this way. I use this framework. I use this contract or whatever in a sense through my coaching and mentorship, I'm creating little me's. Um, mm. And that's the point. Uh, because while they're always going to have that piece of uniqueness that makes them them, they're identifying with me in a, in a closer way. And they're even adopting the language that I use. They're adopting the, um, the strategies that I use, the tools that I use, uh, because I, I have something that works, right? Look at the same is true. Let's, let's talk politics. Let's talk Donald Trump, love him or hate him. Right? Like what he gave, you can't argue with him. I mean, he had polarity, he had storytelling. I mean, he had all the elements of a, of an attractive character. You either loved him or you hated him. Right. And he offered a future-based cause and a new opportunity. He said, we're going to make America great again, and here's how we're going to do it. We're going to drain the swamp. Okay, I'll, so there's your future-based cause and a new opportunity. And those people, what did they do? They started identifying with him. They started buying his red hat, right? And the whole MAGA movement came about, right. and this, that, and the other, right? And so when you're thinking about the character, there really is those two elements. Like part of it is you're inviting them into a story through your, your storytelling, but you're also helping them to become somebody else. Um, it, they call it the, um, um, basically the character transformation is the way that we talk about this. So the, the character transformation where you're going from a, whatever, a, 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 a beat up web designer who's tired of living the feast or famine lifestyle to a successful web designer who has a stable income every month and can provide for his family without any problems. Right. Hmm. So it's, it's, it's that character transformation that you're taking people through. And I think that's where there's those two elements. Like there's definitely a plot driven angle to marketing. 
but there is definitely a character driven angle as well where you're creating that association so. with the connection too between the fiction side and um kind of the, sort of the marketing side of things too is um the growth aspect where it's not 100%. your goal to as a marketer to tell someone hey like you are great and perfect just the way you are you want to convince them in a good way like hey like you might not be where you want to be but here's how you can absolutely better yourself and it's the same thing on the fiction side of things where you see characters who you know typically aren't perfect and hopefully they'll never be perfect even by the end of the book but they notice changes that they need to make and they grow and adapt and overcome things and so that's i think very um assimilation there between between the two sides of things Oh, I totally agree. And in fact, that leads sort of naturally into the next sort of point that I wanted to make, which was about the kind of stories that you tell. Now, we've done entire episodes to talk about some of these things, so I'm going to go through this kind of quickly. Um, but storytelling and marketing is huge. And you have three, you know, basic types of stories that you could you could use to help create this character transformation or this sort of identity association. You've got a what you could call an origin story, an epiphany bridge story, which is kind of a clunky term, but I'll explain it. And then you've got chains of false belief stories. So your origin story is basically why it is you do what you do at all, right? So my origin story in web design is we used to record bands in the studio and we also used to like make their website for them. Um, boom. That's like, that's the two second version of my origin story. Okay. Two second story of my epiphany bridge story is, um, you know, around how I created a subscription web design model is what I've talked about before that I often call my pastor porn story, which is, Hey, yep. built website for pastor. Uh, Google hacked it because we didn't take care of the site properly. And that's because they weren't paying for us to take care of the site properly. Boom. So I created this new business model that helped us to avoid that in the future. Um, so that's sort of the idea of the epiphany bridge story. And then the final one, which we haven't talked about on the podcast yet is a little bit more specific and it's your chains of false belief stories. So um, whenever you encounter, when, when you're doing marketing, um, the human mind wants to say no because we're scared of change. I mean, can I get an amen? Like mm -hmm. people are totally scared of change. So this is why sales is actually very, very hard um, because from the very beginning that you are trying to sell somebody on anything, they are skeptical, right? They, they don't, they don't want to change what we could call the status quo, right? They're comfortable where they are. So you have to immediately, from the very beginning of your interactions, you have to actually work to overcome those, what we could call chains of false belief. And those chains of false belief are going to be basically little mini stories that are going through the minds of people who you're trying to convince or convert in your, in your um, sales processes that they're telling themselves. Right. And so um, a really good example of this, uh, let's see if I can think of something um, right off. Maybe uh, let's just go with it and I'll just edit it out if it doesn't work. So uh, oh. let's say something like um, CarMax. Okay. CarMax, if, you know, I've never dealt with them personally, but from what I hear uh, dealing with a, uh, with buying a used car from CarMax is supposedly unlike any other used car buying experience there is um, because most people like even talk about the, you know, the dirty used car salesman, you know, the guy is so greasy. He makes you want to take a shower after you talk to him, kind of thing, <laughs> you know? And so when, when somebody's in the used car market and they start to interact with CarMax, like they're aware of the fact that one of the stories going through their mind is, Oh, this is a used car 
sales uh, place. And so they are going to try to screw me. Right. It's like fundamentally, like they're already telling themselves this story as they drive onto the lot, but they need a car. So here they are. Right. So they're telling them. So how does CarMax overcome that story? Well, couple different things they do but like one of them just to keep the example simple is they offer like a seven day money back guarantee where you are literally allowed to return the car up to seven mm -hmm. days for any reason at all and one example that i heard mentioned in a book one time was like legit the guy buys and it's like an expensive car it's like a porsche or something the guy buys the car takes it home decides that his dog does not like it and returns it the next day to carmax no questions mm. asked and you're talking 80 or ninety thousand dollar car Boom, like that. So the point is that what you can do, and this is this is huge. If you get this, if you're into business or marketing at all, or you want to be, this is one of the biggest things. The goal that you have is to rewrite the story in your customer's mind. Rewrite the story that they're telling themselves in their mind. So it's like, hey, this is a used car place. I'm going to get screwed. Well, so the story re rewritten might be like, yeah, we understand that at most used car places, you're going to get screwed. So here's what we've done. We've implemented the seven-day return policy so that no matter what, for any reason, no questions asked, you bring the car back, hand over the keys, we will give you your money back. In fact, I think they might even not like cash the check or whatever. Like They may not even mm -hmm. receive the funds. They gotcha. might put the funds in holding or whatever for those seven days. That might actually be part of the process, right? So, so they can say that. Um, a way that to bring it more down to earth, like for me, uh, I did this recently in a blog post that I wrote for the for the business. Um, we're really big on communication. And um, a lot of people say that, though, like we're good communicators. Like a lot of people say that in their in their marketing material, um, but they don't prove it. So in this blog post, I mentioned three or three or four specific things. Uh, that are a part of the experience of working with my company that helps them to see like specifically what we do to combat the problem. Like we're not just saying, yeah, we're good communicators. We're like, it, it's like there are specific things. Like we add you into our project management system. We make our entire team available to you. So like you have access to all of us and you can talk to us at any time. You know, we we do long form, like we I, I, I describe all of those things because I'm trying to rewrite those chains of false belief. Um, one more quick example, diet and weight loss, right? Like in, in that market, like it, it, people have tried everything, right? And so you have, you know, these scenarios where you know, say you're trying to convince somebody to try keto and they're coming in like, oh my goodness, I've tried Weight Watchers. I've tried Whole30. I've tried, you know, a, a, you know the, the paleo diet. I've tried this, I've tried that and nothing has worked. And so it's your job to then come in and say, okay, well, yeah, those things might not have worked, but the problem is that all those diets allow too many carbs. And so on the keto diet, um, you have to reduce your carb intake because your carb intake, well, I just hit my microphone, but your carb intake is uh, what's ultimately going to um, lead to your body producing higher amounts of insulin and that's why you can't lose weight because when your body produces insulin, it, it drives up the glucose and yada, yada, yada. Right. And so um, there are all sorts of, of, of stories like that. Like, like, I mean, there could be any number of them, potentially five, 10, 20. There could be any number of stories that different customers of your product or service are telling themselves. And it's your job in your marketing materials, in your content, in your webinars, in your ads, and all of that stuff to overcome those false belief chains and rewrite the story that's going on in, in their mind. And this is all character stuff we're talking about, right? This is people who are now questioning their own ability to become the person that you have become and that you're trying to tell them that they can become. Um, and so it's your job to overcome those things. Um, and the last thing I'll say is that, that off, all of this often happens through edutainment, 
and inspiration, right? So um, educating people while entertaining them because raw education like school is boring. You need, <laughs> you need entertainment as well. This is why TikTok works. TikTok is educational, but also entertaining. Same with YouTube. Um, and in many cases in character-driven stories, you're also going to want to do inspirational things as well. Um, and I would actually say inspirational slash aspirational, right? Trying to get people to um, to to reach for an ideal higher than what they thought they could achieve before. So this is all character driven stuff and it's a completely like different dynamic of, of marketing than the plot driven stuff, but it's equally as important. It, would you, Oh, we'll save it for the next episode. I'll, I'll end my question there. <laughs> Wait. All right. Sounds good. Yes. Heck yeah. Uh, well, go ahead. Uh, sto story of the week. Uh, yes. Yeah, story of the week. Yeah. So, um, Mine is on a show called Severance. Have you heard of it? The new Apple show? I guess it's kind of new. Oh, um, I think I have heard of it, but I, I, I do not, I do not have Apple TV, so I've not seen. Um, it. is it out yet? So yeah, it's in it. So the synopsis is a technology corporation, Lumen Industries, uses a severance medical procedure to separate the non-work memories of some of their employees from their work memories. So if an employee goes that to work, so good. Oh my gosh. If an employee goes to work, they they basically get cut off from everything that they know outside of work and they work. And then once the workday is over, they come back into their normal self. And that I did was, not think of that. That oh was gosh. interesting and that was interesting enough. But it's one of those shows. I get into shows more than Brooke, uh, my wife. And after this show, like we were so amazed. I got home from work the next day. And the first thing she said, I walked the door. She said, I can't stop thinking about that show. I was like, I know me too. It's, it is intense wow. and it is wild. Um, anyway, highly recommend. Um, it is an excellent uh, just I, I can't yeah it's it's so good you need to watch it like this is this is not just a show where hey if you enjoy this no like watch it, it would, wow if you are a fan of a show at all any type of thing just just watch it and thank me later it is so good sweet man that sounds great you know i haven't seen a show like that in a while uh, i'll tell you a show that had me doing that did you ever see the show revolution it, it did i was worried about it Really? Yeah. It was a great show. It didn't last very long. It was only like a season or two, and they left it on a cliffhanger, and then they canceled mm -hmm. it. I, I don't know if it was just the wrong time or what, but but the show was great. It was basically like a modern, like, you know, the, the I think it's fair to say that the world was a little bit more advanced than, you know, than the current state of the world today. Basically, like, everything had become so dependent on electricity and everything working, and mm -hmm. for, for lack of a better term, basically, the lights went out. Um, the lights entirely went out and you had modern civilization basically having to revert back to a time before electricity. Right. And Interesting. possibly you had some people who like had access to it somehow. And it was, it, anyway, it was really great. And I'm so mad that, that it went off. So anyway, severance, I'll have to check that out. Sounds I great. Think, I think uh, you and the missus would really like it. Yeah, probably. And you know, at this point, do you now have you watched any other shows on Apple TV Plus yet? Or I haven't yet. We're we probably well. I got like a three month free trial. I think with buying my iPad. I think that's what it was. From. I see. Okay. And so, yeah. and but it looks like only, they've got some great shows. It's but only we five bucks a month. Done it. And um, 
the other shows look great on there. So I think we're going to try some more. But uh, that yeah. was when we started out with, and it's going to be hard to top, I think. Sweet. Okay. All right. I'll have to check that out. Um, so my quote of the week is from uh, an influencer, um, definitely one of these characters that I was just talking about. Um, and his name is uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, and he, he sort of his public persona sort of is uh, Gary V that he goes by. And um, I mean, the dude is probably the king of zingers and he's definitely <laughs> got the, the media company thing down. You know, I mean, he's definitely he's a marketing agency. Um, he's got a 2000 person plus marketing agency uh, oh, wow. spread out all huh. over the world. Um, but he's definitely his own first sort of, you know, like crash test dummy or whatever right it's like he's he's very intimately involved in the work and anyway one of those sort of you know stingers that i i heard just while watching one of his pieces of content and i was like that is giant that is story of the week right there i had to write it down is uh the production can never beat story production can never beat story and the idea there is a lot of people, especially as it comes to putting themselves out there, you know, becoming one of these attractive characters, mm -hmm. creating a movement online, they worry about their production value. And I mean, look at, I mean, I'm there, I mean, I've got, if you're watching this little video, I mean, I've got a nice microphone here, I've got nice lights in the background, I've got a nice little setup, and I like that. But so many people don't start because they don't have the production value. And his point is, look, like ultimately, yes, it is like preferable that you have good audio it is preferable that you have good video it is preferable that you have good lighting all of that stuff would be nice but like the amount of people right now making it without any of that stuff literally just talking into their phone for a podcast or turning yeah. their camera on a pressure record and posting it to tiktok or to facebook or to linkedin or something like that and being successful with it it's, it's a staggering amount of people and so his point is like if you got if you got something to put out there like, and you got a good story to tell, like, put it out there. Forget about the production value because the production can never beat the story anyway. Um, so, well, sure. a perfect example of that is like, look at um, CNN, heck, even like Fox News to an extent versus some popular podcasts that are out there. And, yeah. You know, 100%. It's, <laughs> it's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. I mean, if you got something to, to, you know, just put it out there. Like there's no reason to hide behind a, a you know, fancy lighting or a fancy mic or a fancy camera. And, and by the way, I mean, I, I love those things and I'm fortunate to have all of those things, but for a very long time I didn't. Um, and you know what? It's like, I'm still here. Uh, and I just decided it was more important to start sharing. So um, that's huge. Production can never beat story. So if you haven't started, like start today. Um, oh, that reminds me, I owe you a checklist of things that you can start doing to work on your marketing for yes, just stuff. just a quick that little checklist. Yes, quick I was going to knock on your door after this episode. I was going to drive over and knock on your door and beat you up. And yeah, you have it for me. Yeah, a quick little checklist to summarize seven years of blood, sweat, and marketing tears. So. Yeah, it should take you a couple minutes to put together. Yeah, no problem. No worries. No, it's all good. It's okay. All right, I'll cook yeah, you up some partners as a thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. Uh, I I would love that, man. As long as there's bacon included as well. Oof. Yeah, I'll I'll see what I can do. I'll slaughter okay. the pig. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I've come up with some really great air fryer bacon. I can make perfect bacon now. So you were telling me that. I think you told me that. Yep. You have to tell I, me your time setting. I got it, bro. I got you. I'll hook you up. Perfect. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you everyone for joining us this week. Um, yeah. Tell, tell your friends about us. We're on YouTube now. And so uh, things are growing, things are moving and we're not going anywhere. So keep sticking around. Yeah. All right. Y'all take care.